Forever in Electric Dreams and Blue and Green Radio present a 90s State of Mind podcast. Radio in a 90s state of mind. <laughs> Welcome to blueandgreenradio.com. Welcome, friends. You're tuned in to episode 17 of the 90s State of Mind podcast, which is a collaborative effort between Blue and Green Radio and Forever in Electric Dreams. My name is Imran, uh, broadcasting from London in the UK. Thanks so much for tuning in to our episode today, uh, which finds me and my uh, my co-host uh, for these episodes, Rhonda, who uh, joins us from San Jose, California. Each episode finds Rhonda and myself kind of uh, continuing our uh, uh, our nostalgic adventures into the realms of 90s uh, R&B, hip-hop and uh, as of today, Neo Soul this is uh, episode 17 and I think we've both marvelled at the fact in the episode today that this is our first uh, foray into the realms of Neo Soul which is a shocking thing uh, considering how devoted we are as fans um, but I, I think yeah, we, we've had a, a great array, a great reflection of 90s kind of uh, R&B and hip-hop etc uh, over the course of these episodes so today uh, we'll find us um, celebrating uh, the wonderful uh, debut uh, album by Erica Bardu released in 1997 we are delving into Barduism uh, we uh, discuss uh, kind of the cultural impact of the album the, the birth and subsequent rise of Neo Soul we discuss the project's remixes collaborators uh, special editions and of course we delve into some of our favorite tracks uh, across Across the album uh, it's a really great episode kind of lots of new stuff that we've not really been able to, uh, to discuss on past episodes so uh, yeah it's a brilliant episode a massive thank you as always to uh, Rhonda and her, uh, her incredible knowledge enthusiasm and just a brilliant company as I'm sure you'll agree when you hear the episode today uh, we have two songs on each um, episode Rhonda will pick our closing number uh, as uh, as usual and I will pick the opening one which is my favorite song from the album and in this case I'd like to introduce uh, Barduism to you uh, fine people with the song Sometimes. Um, quick reminder you can find us at blueingreenradio.com where Rhonda and myself present uh, a selection of shows celebrating our, our, our love for more of the contemporary sounds and you can also find future podcasts of this on uh, foreverinelectricdreams.com thanks very much for tuning in i very much hope you enjoy the episode today and without further ado ladies and gentlemen it's barduism
Welcome, friends. You find uh, myself and Rhonda uh, sitting down to uh, celebrate another uh, entry into our ongoing series of 90s uh, wonderful albums that we uh, absolutely kind of go head over heels for. So today's episode will find us dissecting. This is one of the massively long overdue uh, entries, I, I think, into our kind of review series um in eric bardu's uh debut uh solo effort with barduism released in 97 through uh kidar records universal records motown was part of universal wasn't it yeah um uh so uh yes uh grammy winning uh record uh spawning the singles uh gosh the time the singles on and on next lifetime other side of the game and apple tree um, a defining moment, I think, in nineties. Um, uh, certainly, neo soul. We could extend that to just nineties music in general, nineties R and B. I think nineties hip hop, nineties soul music. Um, yes, this is this is a great pick, Rhonda. Right? It is, and you're right. We've been, I don't know, we've just been putting it off, not intentionally, just. We were like, oh, we'll do this one. Or, you know, it's like, oh, okay, we'll do Michael. So it's not like we just mm. put off Erica for, you know, the run in the mill artist, but, <laughs> but we just like <laughs> had been uh, discussing other projects. And then finally we're like, hey, it's time. So here it we is, are. Yeah. Uh-huh. Absolutely. And also, I guess, not just like Barduism as an entry in of itself, but I think mm-hmm. this might actually be the first Neo Soul album. Um, that we probably discussed. I mean, there's, I use that term loosely because we have discussed um, uh, another album that I think objectively is called Neo Soul. It's not really some something I would have called, but I think we did Maxwell's Urban Hang Suite, didn't we? Yeah. And I, I, I think objectively it, it is deemed a Neo Soul album, although to me it doesn't, I don't think Urban Hang Suite kind of fits in the same category as say Brown Sugar or uh barduism but i don't know if that's just me um but uh yeah i think we're gonna gonna we're gonna get very neo soul centric uh in yeah. in our discussion today which is going to be a lots of fun because i think we've got lots to to kind of talk about in and in, in and around the kind of the genre and the subsequent birth of it we're talking about a genre that at this point in time 97 is very very young right right yes um and i think it's interesting because um, Kadar created that term while releasing this album, right? Neo mm-hmm. Soul, uh, which uh, Erica herself really, I mean, she supported him using his marketing troupe to produce the album, but the term itself, um, she was not uh, particularly, you know, really happy about that because she just didn't want to be contained in, in, one <clears throat> type of genre, right? Because mm-hmm. her creative, her creative spirit, it's like this album is is me at this time, this project, right? Um, but it kind of stuck because when she came out with this album and <clears throat> her presentation, the way, the textures of the music, everything, it really was unique in that time frame, right? Mm. So I know Neo Soul, it, I think the part of the reason why it didn't stick as 
a genre is because the textures are so unique. The artists, they don't, it's not like a, I don't want to say a cookie cutter pop song, mm. you know, formula. It's not that at all. So it's just a, a reaching back of, 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 because actually it's a, it's a, it's a combining of soul, R&B, blues, jazz, hip hop, all of that infused in such a way, the, the seventies. Um, it's all of, the, it's like a gumbo, mm. but because we have to think too, at that time in 97, hip hop was, was stronger in terms of what was getting airplay. So um, this wasn't even a traditional hip hop album, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so you going back to pull the, the, the historic genres that you know, I mentioned, that's what made it new, quote unquote, soul, right? Not so much that... <clears throat> <laughs> it was different soul music. It was just a combining of those textures at that time. Mm. And it really sounded new because it wasn't what we, what was being um, shared on the radio, mm. you know, for yeah. those who remember listening on the radio. So, you know, <laughs> not downloaded to your, you know, your, via your streaming method of choice. Right. Mm, so yeah. this is kind of where I know nobody really, I mean, people like running away from Neo Soul now, but at that time it was really, you know, Erica and then D'Angelo and like we're talking about, <clears throat> um, you know, and, and even as I was doing research, you know, like Michelle's uh, Plantation Little Wise was like the framework for that, where you had, you were reaching back from the genres before, but to do it with hip hop and infused and, and, and released to, to, to make it more current, even with hip hop, right? So it wasn't, you know, and it was more sing songy. It wasn't just traditional vocals, say, a la Whitney Houston, right, at that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it wasn't as um, keyboard or, um, syncopated or um, infused with like, let's say electronica um, or techno or anything like that. It had its, it had its own um, live feel to the music. Right. So when you're talking about those artists, right. Or Maxwell, those, those had that old throwback live musicians to the to the album so like like i went back listening to it again you know because we prepare and it just sounds fresh it could be re- released now and it would just hit you now right that that way mm, so yeah. um kudos miss badu for your mm. your baduisms so yeah yeah, I mean, Questlove was always vocal. <laughs> Questlove was always very vocal about the the term neo soul um, in the same way, and I I never really heard an explanation as to why he was, you know, he he sort of rejected it. But I thought I always thought just as a as a listener, kind of embracing this music at that time, I thought it was a great term. I liked mm-hmm. the, the the term and the kind of the subgenre that it was kind of spawning because I mean to me, um, 
I mean, Neo Soul was, I will use the word contemporary, but even though yeah. we're talking about 90s at that time, obviously. But it, to me, Neo Soul was contemporary soul music for a hip-hop generation. There, and that's I think, not... Yeah, no, and, and you, you have those artists, you like D'Angelo, Erica, uh, Bilal, Music, Joe Scott, who all wave the flag for hip-hop being a huge part of their musical upbringing just as much as Marvin Gaye and Curtis Mayfield was and to me it was you you were we were looking at a genre of music that had this equal influence um and even just from the people they worked with you know they all embraced the uh, hip-hop producers from DJ Premier to uh, Pete Rock you know and uh, they were all a part of that in many ways uh, the roots and I don't know so uh, to me it was a genre that stated that but it just seemed to be an unpopular term for some reason. Even if I'm writing something and I write the word in my head, I'm like, ooh, it's like, I feel like someone's going to read it and cringe at seeing the words on paper, but there's no reason that I don't think that you should. But um, you're right. I mean, it did. I, I, if she kind of felt it was limiting, I understand that, particularly when you look at where her music went. You know, she didn't stay, she didn't really do like a Bardoism too, did she? Mm. Um, I mean, you know, musically, I look at Worldwide Underground, which was only two albums removed. So vastly different, hugely different albums. So she was always keen to express herself musically beyond maybe just the, what she deemed the confines of Bardoism. Um, but as a term, I dug it. You know, I always liked yeah. it. it. It resonated with me. It made sense of what the genre's intentions were but um yeah as a term it was kind of rejected before uh, yeah. it, it could continue but then there was that was it the jaguar right album um where i think she tried to take that message as well and she i think it was her second album where she called divorcing neo to marry soul which then that's cringy <laughs> Right, right. <laughs> that, that wasn't the best album title, but again, it waved that flag for Neo Soul is a terrible word. But um, but yeah. <laughs> no, I actually like the way you described it, right? Because it was bringing the contemporary, right? With the infusion of hip hop mm. to, to this, right? And I guess maybe if it was presented that way, it probably would have went over better because you're right, all of them, were influenced by all of what came before and what was current. We just, you know, married all of that together uh, mm-hmm. in a creative way, right? Yeah. Um, and I and I honestly don't think it it limits you because you're the one. Like, you, if you're the queen of neo soul, whatever you do is going to be neo soul, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but I think what she didn't want to be doing is releasing Baduism volume 12 right so that's what she didn't want right and i and i think for her she just wanted to create a project that represented her quote unquote at that time and then the next album will be at this time right so that's how she goes into thinking about how she's going to put forth you know Mm. uh the, the body of work that she shares with us. Um, and I, and I think too, cause what I was doing the research that she, her being an MC first and not really, you know, being the singer, right. Or 
how she puts things together. It's always the music first, and then she'll right. do the the lyrics after. Um, <clears throat> so there's always this infu- infusion of, let's say, hip hop or jazz or um, uh, soul or um, even blues, or she'll freestyle, right? Hmm. On top, which we, you know, we'll talk about in a couple of tracks here. Um, I, I think that part is consistent in her work subsequent, right? Where she's able to still infuse all of that, just done in different ways, right? Um, but she's always incorporating things that influence her life, yeah, in her music. So this is why I'm like, even though you kind of said I don't want to do it, you, you still do it, right? <laughs> you yeah. just don't want the term, and I completely agree. But I think if it was pitched the way we are discussing, like this is you know a contemporary way of infuse of you know in, in, infusing that talent with hip hop because that's really what it it did right because yeah. uh but then when you see her and how she presented herself when she came out uh she herself in terms of presentation was very you know distinctive and then it just went from there it was yeah mm-hmm. i mean she she really grabbed um kind of everyone's attention i'm trying to think, think it was i'm always trying to think of the first thing i heard her in i think i, I suppose for me it would have been the on and on single mm-hmm. i think i read i'd have to check the dates i think but that the first song that um she actually sung on i could be very wrong but i remember reading a while ago that she does the backing vocals for um the the Nautic, which is uh, oh. the roots in the D'Angelo song. So the original was on Illadelf called the Hypnotic, but they did like okay. sort of a redid version uh, for the Men in Black soundtrack. Oh, um, okay. and you can hear her harmonizing in kind of the background. And I think I remember hearing that that was the first song she ever actually appeared on. But it, her contribution isn't even as much to warrant a featuring say credit it's it's a a very much a backing role but it's if you you know anyone's familiar with her voice instantly you'd hear her right Um, but uh, i think i remember hearing that that was the first song uh that she'd actually sung on but i'm i was when i was looking up um just stuff earlier about her her kind of path i think um i got the precious love duet with d'angelo which was cited as one of the first songs that she officially put out as well yeah Uh, yeah so that's the marvin Gaye and tammy terrell Uh, was it tammy yes tammy Terrell. i was gonna say Mm -hmm. um marvin tammy uh cover and that was set up by kedar uh and and you've you've got to say that we, we were talking offline um just before about when D'Angelo first heard um, uh, Bardu's kind of the early demo version of her album and his him wanting to be involved a little bit more. Oh, yeah. When he heard it, he, he wanted to produce her. And um, Kedar was like, no, you, you couldn't even <laughs> release your stuff on time. No, I'm not giving her project to you. I'll let her open for you. In Dallas, but that's it. So, <laughs> what a record, though that could have been. I'd love oh, to have heard it. 
Yeah, I think um I think sonically um they would have just produced something, you know, incredible. I just mm. I don't know how long it would have taken to release though, and that's the problem. Yeah. So that's where you have to have a great producer that just makes those tough calls and says, "Yeah, I appreciate that you support our work, but you can't produce it. No, no. I actually need yeah. to release it. Thanks. So, <laughs> you know. Um, so, yeah. And it's a surprise that he's not actually on the record, though, I suppose. No, I mean, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have put the, the Precious Love version on there, but, you know, for him to have appeared on another duet, I'm surprised that it wasn't a record that he ever actually appeared on. I know, especially, um, well, it's, I know some of the time the – she was in um, Brooklyn or in New York for um, the production of some of this album. And then some of it was in Philly, which then I would have thought that if he was around when it was, you know, session work, he he would have been there. So I don't know uh, <clears throat> because mm. there was a lot of people hanging around in the studio um, yeah. while this was being put together. So I would, I would think he would have stepped in there if he could have. Right. Um, and what's interesting is like the roots are big for us now, but they weren't then, right? So mm. um, for Kadar to trust, hey, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna send you to Philly to work with them. Um, it's like he saw her project um, and just supported it, right? Um, because she was, she was, she told her students, "I'm gonna go to New York and get a record deal," and a lot of the people just didn't like puffy past, you know, on it and stuff because they just didn't see her vision, but he did. Right. Mm. So to see it and then to trust it and then to go with it. Um, thank you. You know, every, it's like sometimes the stars just have to be aligned, right. Yeah. For everything to go the way it's supposed to go. Right. And, and I think on that note, I mean, that, that is kind of an interesting point probably when, considering the roots' involvement because they are mm -hmm. they're, they're you know they're heavily i think involved in in the record and it's interesting because uh someone else that's involved in the record is bob power oh, and uh yeah. legendary yeah. bob power who yeah. again famously all over uh i think it was pretty fair to describe him as d'angelo's chief collaborator for brown sugar <sighs> and in quest loves uh, autobiography there's this brilliant passage in there where Bob Powers in the midst of working with D'Angelo for Brown Sugar and he reaches out to Questlove who he had done lots of stuff you know engineering wise and uh, studio wise for The Roots so he uh -huh. knew Questlove he called him up and said I'm working with this young kid he's amazing blah 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 Questlove without wanting to even hear anything you know he was invited to to collaborate for, on Brown Sugar and Questlove turned it down and said, no, I'm, I don't want to work with R&B kids. I don't want, you know, that sounds oh. lame as heck. And then, and that was, this is in his autobiography. And he uh -huh. said when he heard it, he thought I've made a terrible, terrible mistake. So I imagine when it's like, would you like to work with Erica Badu? She's, you know, of this contemporary soul thing. I imagine he was an enthusiastic, yes, I do want yes, to work with right. her. <laughs> because again, Bob Power is, potentially a bit of a linking kind of name uh for for these two factions as well as kidar was so 
I'm not surprised, I think, to see the roots on this record uh, in the capacity because I imagine he didn't want to make the same mistake twice, which he absolutely would have Oh yeah, uh, as well, Ooh. wouldn't he? Ooh. Yeah, you don't want to do that. First time, you know, stupid me. Don't do it yeah. twice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, Bob Powers is one of my faves. So, And he's he was uh, a part of Michelle's album. So, um, wow, really? Yeah. Uh-huh. So the so to see, you know, him with her and then with D'Angelo and then also with Erica, I'm like, you know, these are this influence, man. Uh, and and just and then Poser, James is in there and he clicked mm-hmm. with Erica, right? So yeah, you just you you get a lot of um great talent together to create this it's it's just a powerhouse right yeah. um so yeah yeah the awesome. legendary james poise i mean they, yeah he's been like probably her longest stand he's been the kind of the terry lewis and jimmy jam to her janet I, i'd say oh, you know yeah. across the music that they've made together so um yeah they've they have been um yeah intertwined for, for quite some time i think he's been on I will think he's been on every record. I, but I'd have to check, but yeah, he's always been heavily involved in her uh, music from Barduism uh, going forward. He, obviously, he's all over Mama's Gun, um, and uh, well, all of them, as far as I know. Anyway, but um, and you also mentioned, I suppose, while discussing Erica and kind of the roots in that capacity. I mean, you said the roots weren't as big then, thanks to her. Um, well, thanks to each other, so they actually got that, kind yeah. of bigger together by getting their, right. you know, earning the roots for his first Grammy for her appearing on the, uh, the "You Got Me" single, isn't it? Yeah, in like yes. 1909, I think it was. So, um, yeah, n- another awesome moment, another milestone moment, I think, to kind of secure their relationship and dynamic going forward. So, yeah, she was uh, amazing on that single. The Jill yeah. Scott, famous Jill Scott penned single. <laughs> right. Yes. yes. Yes, 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 And I think, you know, because both of them were like seen as, I don't want to say outsiders, just in their own lane, right? Like yeah. the roots with their live presentation of hip hop and then her doing her thing. It wasn't the quote unquote norm. So they were both able to come together and make great music and then you know we we benefited from mm. you know what they what they were able to achieve so yeah, yeah. Awesome. i actually i would say that the roots were outside as in as much as if you think and it's it's not the case now but mm-hmm. think about how fragmented hip-hop was back then uh. you had your gangster raps portion and they didn't mix with anyone else then you had your bling kind of portion yeah. they didn't mix with anyone then you had your conscious you had the jazz rap sides yeah uh, like gangster and tribe then you had your conscious side and they were like the lowest, you know, ranking in the hierarchy, you know, the, the success wise, they were never going to get that number one single and everything. So I, I, they were such a sleeper kind of uh, uh, hit to, to right. kind of to, to nail it with "You Got Me" because, yeah, the conscious <laughs> no one really had lot that commercial time and love for the for the conscious guys much um, today. So. Or, well, yeah, and I mean. Um... Yeah, I think part of that, I mean, hmm, that's a whole separate conversation yes. in terms of, <laughs> of, you know, what ends up becoming 
supported from the record industry and then what's right. released and 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 the like um but you know because you know public enemy is is great in mm. terms of under the the conscious side and there's different groups but you're right when you're talking about what's sold uh it, it didn't become that so when you're under that umbrella and, and that's even for erica uh for her to to get the the recognition when you know that you know her her album her project was really um uh, very conscious you know very spiritual on some of this from her own essence was able to cross over as, and be as big as it was right yeah. Um, which is really great because then it, it does. And I think that's probably also why it should have been Neosoul because it pushed it, right? So artists yeah. could continue to be creative in a different way, even, you know. So, yeah. I I don't know, man. Mm. Good. It was, I'm, I'm enjoying this conversation. So. <laughs> <laughs> We haven't even talked about the music yet. The, the, no, you're right. Yeah, let's, let's do so. Then. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So, I guess using the kind of the singles as a jump off point. Uh -huh. Um, I so the biggest surprise here. So we have uh, on and on was which was the first single and that makes sense right. from what I remember. Uh, Next lifetime, I remember that one. Um, uh, other side of the game, uh, and then Apple Tree, which was the final single. I don't remember that as a single. To be completely oh. honest, I don't remember that having been released. Do you? Um, I, well, I had really, I had the whole album, so I was listening to all of right. it. Um, so I can't be, uh, I can't say that I like had that just as a single apple tree, mm -hmm. but I liked the track. So, yeah. um, and, and what was interesting was to go through and listen to this today and then, you know, try and pick like key songs that I really liked and they're more than just the four right so it was like mm. you know I forgot how really good this album is on its own you know all of the songs and how yeah. she put it together right um of course on and on was the first one that that started everything um and she took that intro you know as an influence uh, when I was doing the research of Mary Day, Mary J. Blige, how she started out real love, right. With the drum right. starting. Wow. And so that's how, you know, she wanted it to, to do on and on. Um, and then, um, uh, and next lifetime, love that one. Love that. Love, 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 love that one. She put me in an awkward situation.
just the messages that um, came up in that, you know, just, you know, being conflicted, but like, hey, I can't do that. You know, I'm tempted, but won't be following. I won't be doing it. So, you know, um, next lifetime, we'll try it then. Right. Um, For Apple Tree, I liked it because it's like, she has this clever way with her lyrics to, to, it's almost like, like parables in a way where if you know what she's talking about, um, you get the symbolism and the deeper messages that she's sharing um, with the listener. Right. Um, And then other side of the game, I mean, just from the beginning, you know, I'm a bass head. So when it just starts out with that smooth (laughs) bass um, and to just, um, I just like that track as well. And what's interesting is that later on, like gone to November kind of reminds me of that, right. Where you're dealing with the struggles of, of, of black love and, and how, you know, you just, some days are really good. Some, you know, you got the challenges, but you're hanging it out, you're hanging together and and trying to make it work. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's just, a, a beautiful tapestry, those those singles, right? For me, anyway. I like to dedicate this to all of the creator's righteous children. I have some food in my bag for you. Not that edible food, the food you eat? No. I have some food for thought. Since knowledge is infinite, it has infinitely fell on me. So, um. It was a stormy night. You know the kind where the lightning strike And I was hanging out with some of my artsy friends Ooh, you, you, the night was long The night went on People cooling out through the break of dawn Incense was burning so I'm feeling right I see I picked my friends like a big my fruit Again, he told me that when I was only you I don't walk around trying to be what I'm not I don't waste my time trying to get what you got I work at pleasing me cause I can't please you I, I agree it's beautifully put yeah they were uh, a, a great kind of representation of the album yeah um in, in general and uh yeah they i mean i mean i think we could we could probably do a whole episode on on and on <laughs> yes itself. yeah I mean, yeah 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 when you look at what that song has kind of i mean the thing is like the, i can't i don't think i could really even pull together the amount of bootleg remixes there are of that song and that continue to be made for that song like that that is like i i just think that's again to use neo soul as a as like a like a platform but i think that that is that's a definitive neo soul yeah song like that's like a top three defining song i mean i i picked up kind of remixes I did. I actually did. There was. I get so many. I, oh, it's not. I, I get. I, I stumble onto so many kind of bootleg 
uh erica badu uh like remixes from people just like on Bandcamp, and you just see it and it's just from all over the world i mean there was a i got like a three track remix project that a guy in poland what? put up um you know any it was for um other side of the game on and on and uh next lifetime and it's like what? there was a a guy from brazil who put up a remix uh as well freddie joe chim's remix on and on simon s has remixed on and on like it's just that song it's just one of those ones it's just gonna live forever and the irony is it will just go on and on and on <laughs> but but literally like, there we go literally it will just it will it won't ever like it's 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 ingrained in the fabric of whatever term of contemporary soul music or pop music i don't know how how to best describe it but right i just what that song has you know kind of it continually finds new life and when you come up against an artist and um just that fact alone necessitates that this album's inclusion in our ongoing series that's just you know it's the same for brown sugar Mm -hmm. uh as well i mean it's you know how many remixes do you find of lady and the brown sugar and uh, mina's dreaming eyes of mine it's just it just goes you know forever and it's just incredible to kind of continually find people who want to use that kind of that song as their own statement or just to find something else to kind of say about it. I mean, it's, it's incredible. It really is incredible. Um, and not something hopefully that she ever kind of takes for granted if she ever stumbles on any of this stuff, I mean, without oh, yeah. having them shut down. <laughs> oh no, that's but, another, uh, our, another artist. Cool. <laughs> I, I, hey, I've done well by not bringing him up. We haven't done that in a long time. So. Yeah. <laughs> Keep that streak going. Um, yeah. and I think she would probably be flattered, right? I hope so. Um, yeah. Because, um, she's very creative and then to see like, um, how that spirit has has sparked that creativeness, that creativity, excuse me, in different ways, right? Because you've taken the song and then you're like, oh, or even I'm like Brazil, Poland, Poland. She would just be oh, you yeah. like insane, isn't it? Right? You're like, wow, really? It it touched you in that way, right? That's because that was part of her thing when people were um, asking her, like, what does Baduism mean, right? These are This is her things that had shaped her life, right? And mm-hmm. ism uh, was slang for weed, right? So Baduism to, were the things that influenced her that she would hope would inspire or elevate or just take you to another place so to 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 evolve so to take this album and take those tracks and then you they spark the creativity in these other artists i think that's what literally she would get the biggest kick out of because she just she's like even if you don't know what i'm talking about if you could feel what i'm talking about and get that connection that's what she was was going for so to see somebody like in poland that says hey I, I'm inspired to do this with yeah. with what you've released. I, it would probably, I think, she would love it. Yeah, yeah I, I yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I would only hope so. I mean, it's, it, I mean, that's why that's what you would make music for, right? To, right? to kind of impact people on that level and to just find all these years later that 
it you know as a song or you know in terms of a collection of songs that she would have put together for that album the fact it continues to inspire people you know people that probably you know in many cases probably weren't even alive when it first came out exactly you know we're talking about we're up to that generation now which is <gasps> exceptional and scary yeah. <laughs> yeah the scary part yes so <laughs> Uh, yes. What other songs uh, for you uh, rank highly across this uh, fourteen track oh. um, efforts? Oh, um, certainly. Uh, Perfect. Yeah, I love that. Yes, one. love that one. Um, uh, no love is actually one of my top wow. favorites. Every t- and it's kind of like for me was like um, kind of like th- what would be the prototype of maybe even Tyrone later, right? Right. Um, so, which I think she had, but not in its final form, and it didn't make this album, so it got released later. But mm. yeah, I just I love the um, it has kind of even that um, scratchiness of a a record right to start out and then the the music and that's the thing too uh, i really like the way the album was produced right it was all of her vocals all harmonized blended very well because sometimes you can hear when you you hear the the lead singer and then you hear the background vocals and sometimes it doesn't always flow so you can Mm -hmm. tell you're like oh you caught it with the song but when you're like listening in the in the headset then you can hear in the headphones that you just put this in after the fact. So it didn't act like it was like, cause like some of this acts like it was in the studio, right? Where you just right. blend it real time, right? And that I don't know if that was always the case, but it always, it just, you know, 
it sounds like that, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Four Leaf Clover, love that one too. Yeah. So, um, drama. I'm like most of this out. So I'm like, oh my god, this is going to be interesting later. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Because I was like, okay, oh, I like this one. I like that one. I don't. mm, Okay. So, um, and, and to think that this is your first album, right? Yes. So, um, it's it, and that's that goes to let's say D'Angelo when Brown Sugar or Maxwell when you come out that strong like this with your and and for her it was a really a, more of like a representation of of who she was and what musically influenced her as well, right? Um, you're like, I don't know how you follow this up, but this is this is a good here I am and this is who I am and what I, I represent at this point in my life, you know, project. And she was very much into um, the whole thing, not just the songs, but the songs, the music, the liner notes, the album, the pictures, all of that. So she was one, you know, she grew up like us where you're like, it has to be a good project and the album cover, all of that. She was like, it has to, have a certain vibe and a certain presentation right Mm -hmm. which i don't know that i think our youngins miss out on that because they're just downloading songs right right? um but she this project wasn't about you know the tracks or what's going to get played on on the radio this was about this is this project and this is how i want it to sound this is what I want to present. This is what the album cover is going to look like. And so that's a throwback to us, right? Which, you know, you, you go to get the album and, and you look at it and you go through everything and you really, you know, try and really support what an artist is trying to, you know, what they created for you, right? As a listener. Right. So, yeah. Um, and it was interesting because I know um, when they were putting it together, they were listening to a lot of um, uh, Quincy Jones, uh, Chaka. But for me, when I listen to, it, I hear a little bit of um, Ella. Really, for me, so or oh, Billy yeah. or Billy Holiday, excuse me. So, mm. um, just that kind of influence, right? Even you know, one of the tracks. Uh, with Stevie Wonder with uh, Pastime Paradise, where she did her own little uh, snippet on that, and um, uh, it was funny because I I had I was listening uh, to certainly flipped it right, and I'm like, wait, what is that? Because I went I I didn't check the notes first. I was just listening to it. And I'm like, wait, 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 is this is this Roy Ayers? No, this isn't Roy Ayers. Uh, so I was like running through and I'm like, oh no, 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 this is cool in the gang. And it was like, yeah, yeah. then I checked the line. And I'm like, yes. So I'm like, you know, <laughs> you <want to> like <laughs> be able to, um, um, get it right when you do, you know, but you know, the nerd in me anyway. Certainly not me Who told you That it was alright to love me Certainly 
just to to see how she can take from those before and then cleverly put it together in a new refreshing way right yeah. um is it's it's a great talent and it speaks to everybody that was part of this album right because everybody put their own twist in it mm-hmm. uh to make it sound the way it sounds um and and make it the the project that you know holds its own today right um yeah, yeah. I also, I mean, there was a couple in there. I'm sorry. I just wanted to bring up where it's like she could take just like the most simple, like just the bass and drums and keys, right? And then the vocals and just make it like this, this lush song, right? Um, I really, when I was listening to this real time, I wasn't really appreciating that aspect of it, how you can just say, okay, I just need this, this, and this. And then I'll, because since the music is what comes first, right. To say, okay, I don't need everything. Let's say like, as a, as an example, I, I do like puffy, but when you're thinking of that, the, the over the top, <laughs> right. Of, of putting a, a track together and musically. And then you're saying, no, on the other side, I, I get to, I can just do, the drums, a bass, some rows on the keyboard, and then let me listen to that, and then I'll put something over it, right? So some of it's the sparse. She knew when to be sparse with it, right? as well as to have yes. the whole band come in, right? So they, would, yeah. they made it unique. Each track is unique in that way, right? Because it wasn't all the same. There's no cookie cutter on yeah. these songs. So, yeah, just... I guess to put you put you on the spot a bit. How do you think? I mean, we kind of lightly touched on it uh, mm-hmm. already about where her music kind of um, kind of evolved. Has she has she retained you as a fan through subsequent releases? Because I I would go on a record quite happily and say I I think Mama's Gun is her crowning achievement. Like I think it's the, the the pinnacle of what she would go on to release, um, and Mama's Gun is a logical extension to the music on Barduism. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's still, you know. Then you look at like Worldwide Underground, which came out afterwards, and that was a complete left. Yeah, you know, from everything. I think this is the point where she wants to say, "I don't want to be known as this." Mm-hmm. Uh, and she starts to take steps to kind of establish herself in kind of different ways. But I mean, has she kind of retained you as a fan through subsequent releases? Oh yeah, yeah, I'm a brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and her in concert and her as an artist is two different things. But uh yeah i've supported her work and i agree with you about mama's gun that's one of my favorite 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 as a whole project that she released um i mean can we just shout out green eyes for a moment ah, oh my god the 10 minute that could go another 10 minutes and not be boring at all what a masterpiece of a song that is that i think is one of her one of my all-time favorite songs by her because of the way she, so when I, you know, when we were talking about the influences and the, um, to be able to take, it starts out bluesy, 
then it goes yes. to jazz and then it goes to soul and then and it's done so masterfully right yeah. if you really want to get um if you really want to understand the genres of music you can get it in that one song and you're right it's 10 minutes but you don't get bored because of the way it's done and yeah. with the live musicians that song will be a hit or it'll still be fresh. It'll still be beautiful. You know, years from now, when you go back to listen to it, right. It's so well done. So yes, bravo. Sorry. That one's, Oh, that song could be a song on its own, <laughs> on, yeah. on its own conversation. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, it's a masterpiece. Sorry. I interrupted. Um, oh yes, no, no, no. But, but is... It's, Oh yeah. That's masterful. Uh, but even yeah. when she did the one about uh, the, the different songs about uh, call the telephone, right? right. <laughs> where she did, where she, you know, just cleverly took all of these different songs and you know spun them. Um, I love that. So she just figures out a way to stay creative, and mm. I think that the worldwide to me is kind of like when Prince went off and did um, around the world in a day. Right, where you're just like so far away from what, you know, people know you for. But if you don't sometimes push yourself as an artist, you know, see how far you can go, right? Or or whatever influenced you to go off to the left, right? Um, you'll end up making Purple Rain, you know, mm. volume 37, <laughs> right? Which is, you know what Warners would have loved or, you know, <laughs> Badu volume 32. So you, you don't, you want to be able to stay creative and fresh because you're living this, especially for her. Cause she'll influence her lyrics are talking, you know, she'll bring in her mom or, or whatever, you know, is influencing her at that time. Right. Mm. So lyrically, um, but I've seen her perform and that's where, you know, you really see some of her hip hop, right. When she's doing her mixes and her freestyle. Right. Um, so yeah, I've, I've been uh, a fan of her work, but yeah, mama's gun is, is one of my personal favorites as well. Yeah. 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 But it, yeah. I, I don't think we, I don't even think we can get to, we'll have to do this on its own <laughs> show. I yeah. don't think come under this one, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I noticed, um, I didn't know this existed and, mm -hmm. um, I found it quite recently. I think on Wikipedia, they, um, they address a special edition version of the album, oh. um, it's special edition bonus track. So I initially assumed it was a second disc, but it doesn't actually say that it is, but this, and I don't know if it's like a commemorative release or something, but there's a, a version of the album which has a bunch of uh, remixes and live tracks uh, that form um, right. kind of another six six songs, uh, which is really exciting. I, I didn't know it existed, so I'll be looking that up later uh, to see if hopefully I can buy a CD of it. But um, is it kind of yeah, it, it assembles a lot of the remixes that were available at the time. Um, um, so we have, I mean, I, I couldn't find too much. So again, we talked about the idea that remixes, you know, bootleg-wise, they continue right. to this day. Um, but upon initial release, there was um, 
well, I'll use this special edition on, from the album first, but you've got On and On, the jazz mix. There's the, the Boom Squad remix of On and On as well. There's uh, Apple Tree, the 2B3 Summer Vibes mix. I've not heard that one either. Um, and uh, it has a live at the Jazz Cafe version of Apple Tree. Yeah. There's the Lindsley remix of Next Lifetime. And um, there's also a version here, A Child with the Blues, uh, a cover of uh, Curtis Mayfield. And this is with Terence Blanchard uh, as well. And there is also, this is beyond the CD now, um, remix-wise, there's a Blue Mar 10 remix of On and On, which I didn't oh. know uh, anything about. What, did you? That. No, that one I didn't know, so I'm going to go looking for that one. Okay. Yeah, can, All right. I'll listen to that one later as well. But were you caught up in the remixes of these at the time? I don't think I had almost anything at the time. I've got like hundreds of them since. Right. Um, but official remixes, no, they all kind of passed me by, I think, at the time. Same here, to be honest with you. Um, I heard a few of them. And you know me and remixes, but I actually like the album versions the best. Yeah. Um, the the live cafe mix because it's you know a live performance. I did appreciate that one. Um, and I a child with the blues um, is interesting because that was on um, the I think it's the Eve's Bayou uh, soundtrack. Oh, okay. Or, right. Um, but to be included on here too, it's a really it's a beautiful song. Um, so it's, it's, it's a nice, I, you know, but I don't know that there's another, I mean, maybe it's a Japanese version of the mm. album because I know Japanese release uh, releases, they end up getting extra tracks. I'm like, what? <laughs> so then, that? Huh? I don't know. How do they get it? I don't get why it's always the Japanese version. I don't understand. I, that's a, I'm gonna have to do some digging on that one because I don't yeah. know, but they do. They and like, and then I end up having to buy that version because that album, yes, because they have those remixes. And I'm like, yeah. but that's a yeah. I don't understand. I don't. I don't really think it's fair. But they got money mm-hmm. out of me, so it, it did accomplish what I think um, it was intended to do. <laughs> but yeah, just like, yeah, it's a strange phenomenon. I don't know, but. I know um, I have to buy it from Japan as well. I used to get it from there's a oh, there was a well there is a great website, but they for some reason now don't ship to the UK. I used to get stuff from CD Japan. Okay, um, but now I just registered at Amazon Japan. Okay, um, so when I you know like oh I have to get this, then I'll I'll that's where my currently I'm securing stuff from. But uh, uh, yeah, it can get expensive when you want to yes. save up all those. Yeah, and because CDs are not, you know, as popular now, they really will, like, raise the price on you. And I, I used to think that some of this stuff was expensive back in the day. But trying to get yeah. them now because, you know, it's not the preferred platform. <clears throat> it's, like, mm-hmm. crazy. And and some that means I, I can't even get think about getting rid of some of the CDs I have. Because uh, to replace it would be nuts. So, yeah, yeah I, uh, yeah. But uh, uh, what are your favorite tracks on this album, sir? Um, so the ones I would, I would always cite first as my primary three. Oh, okay. are sometimes, oh. uh, and the two versions of certainly. Oh, 
those are my like instant okay the ones i instantly gravitate towards i mean sometimes that's one of the roots uh tracks it's just oh it's so good i i'd love an instrumental of that um as well but it's just everything about that song i'd love it to be a bit longer as well um but it's yeah that and then they follow that one up with the um the flipped version of certainly which as you said um brilliantly sampling cool and the gang and um it's uh yeah those are the ones that i'll um um instantly gravitate towards for this album um other side of the game is another really gorgeous tune um uh but yeah those are the kind of the ones instantly that that always um yeah have me as a devoted fan i think yeah yeah, yeah. wow see and i like that that ours are like and they're yours are not even the the, the singles right yeah no no yeah no, that's so it just it just shows that this project has such a a plethora of of great music you know mm. um for the listener yeah. to enjoy so it's awesome absolutely yeah well guys actually on that note i'm wondering if i stepped on your uh your pick at all but uh, uh i'm very curious as to know <laughs> as to what your uh concluding uh a song is gonna be when when surmising are we there yet or should we well, is there more to discuss about I, yeah i'm always i'm always afraid when you <laughs> come to this part simply because well, but before i ask i guess is there yeah, anything yeah. else about kind of barduism that you um, kind of wanted uh to surmise or discuss is there any other aspect of it that you felt uh deserved a bit more attention you know um i think i think we did um cover a great deal i think it's like it was really fun to just you know share um a good conversation like i said we were talking before we even started talking about the songs we were just talking about um its influence who was you know who was part of it its place in uh 90s music and and then afterwards because um, it's interesting to like see artists today and they like, Oh, Erica was my influence was my, you know, this was, and it comes, you know, from this going forward for her. Right. Mm. So, um, I, I just credit her for being able to say, this is who she is. And she wanted to do it her way, her look, right. Cause you know, when you're also, we, we have to think back around that time too. Um, being able to say, I want to look a certain way and carry myself a certain way in light of, you know, all the other things that were being promoted in the record industry um, to say, you can do this your way, uh, especially for women is, is very uh, important. So I guess that was probably the only other big note to share on that. Right. Mm. Um, cause you're talking, you know, you were right when you're talking about hip hop and the different genres, um, in R and B, especially for women and then soul and then hip hop, you want to be able to, to push it in su- such a way you don't really have to say, I, I have to look a certain way so it, it can sell, or I have to sing a certain way and then it'll sell. No, you can figure out what your creative spirit is and then share that. 
right? And then have yeah. it be a success. So in, in that regard, I'm glad it did get released the way it did and then had the support that it received. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Brilliantly put. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's a, it's a milestone album. I think it's a landmark mm-hmm. album for certainly for her career, but for a whole genre, I think it's, uh, it's incredible that you kind of have Brown Sugar come out and it instantaneously mm-hmm. is a perfect piece of work that inspires a, a whole kind of genre of music in of itself. And this is, I think um, Urban Hang Suite does follow on yeah. uh, before Barduism, but I, I do, I, I always, you know, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't really count it in the same kind of camp, to be honest, but that in no way is a, not in terms of quality. It's just, mm-hmm. it's, I don't know. I just don't, um, I've never sort of grouped it as a neo soul project. I don't know why to me, it's just a quintessential soul album, but um, uh, Barduism to me is, is the sort of the, the, the next logical step and whether it's the second or the third kind of entry within the sort of the neo soul canon i think it's again it did everything it needed to 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 push the genre forward uh, mm-hmm. as well as her career i mean the accolades attributed to this album you know it's always incredible when someone can hit an absolute you know kind of home run on their first record exactly and you know it's <laughs> You know, Prince didn't even do that. It took mm-hmm. Prince, what, you know, a few records before he really found his voice. And, you know, his first album wasn't well received. In it. it wasn't like bashed or anything. But I think the For You album was sort of like, yeah, there's there's potential there. Right. You know? And then it took the second album to get, to get his first hit. And then it was Dirty Mind. And then he's kind of finding his groove a little bit, you know. But when you look at something like this boom first record you know and it's everything that she wants to convey i imagine she's absolutely done that um uh, yeah pivotal record yes and then and, the live uh, version yeah. too so you know yeah. she you know they they and, and i think that's also they handled her career or she's handled her career in a good way right yeah in terms of staying creative and still you know you know sharing music with us you know and um and that I just say that as a as a wish for D'Angelo, if he ever hears this conversation, to you know, share some more with us. You know, that's all. <laughs> I just had to put that out there in case he you know, <laughs> Christmas is coming soon. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jade. You want to go on tour? Please do. So you know, just you know, just these things, right? Where you you actually get an artist that stays creative and shares that creativity with us. You know, is, yeah. is a great thing. So yes. thank you, Miss Padu. Well put. Yeah. And, and on that note, yes, uh, sir. Uh, all, all eyes are on you now. All, all the, the pressure is is mounting up. I don't know how you can cope with this, but how you do it every time, and you always get the right answer, Rhonda. But is this the one where you falter? Which is, is this, I love it. I is love this it. the one where you pick the song that doesn't live up to expectations? Wow. If someone listening to this, we talked about a generation of fan now who may not have even heard this record when it came out, and probably still haven't heard it. And what you say right now, the song you pick to introduce them to will determine whether or not they they continue their education in a positive fashion or whether they abandon it and buy the next Drake record. What's it going to be? <laughs> I am always impressed with you and oh. your ability to do that. That's yeah. why we take so long between episodes. It takes me that long to write this spiel. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay. <sighs> I love it. I love it. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, spotlights on me. So in that yes. regard, uh, looking at um, this album, uh, I'm going to pick on and on just because I love the way it starts. Um, wow. It's got that boom, 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 you know, and yeah, um, and and it just—I think it's—it was the first track released, so it was the first one to catch your attention. Yeah, and she had you from there and just took off. So, yeah, yeah, it's the right answer. Like it's, oh, it's, it's if you if you had to pick one song that that is absolutely the one for reasons we we've, we've we've discussed as well. Yeah. You know, it's the one that will, will live. Oh, well, I mean, yeah. it will live forever. But I mean, so many of these songs on the album oh, yeah. already do. Yes, but um, it's the right pick. All yeah, right, absolutely. Wow. Thank you. <laughs> I was worried for a second. Seem cool. 